0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you may be listening to this. Uh, Welcome again to the Working Well Trust podcast. Um, Today I'd like to formally get into the theme of this week, um, which is going to be covering the topics of inclusion and diversity within the workplace. Um, The reason this topic is so important and kind of the catalyst for this topic um, is celebrating the fact that February marks lgbtq plus history month within the uk for any of those that might be curious about the topic i've attached a link for the charity uh, celebrating this history month in the description of the podcast um, essentially the aim of lgbtq history month is to promote awareness and educate people around how we can better serve this community within institutions uh, kind of most importantly and most relevant to us that would include the workplace uh, so recently i've been listening to another podcast um, february 2021 stephanie hearse hosted a podcast done by inclusive employers uh, in which they discussed the importance of supporting this community within the workplace um, and discussing topics around you know pronouns how are we using them correctly should we use them stereotypes within the workplace dress clothing expression and the concept of also being true to yourself and how this may actually impact your work. Um, so a lot of the work kind of discusses having to address your agenda and almost having to hide yourself or feeling that you have to hide yourself is going to negatively impact your work um, as well as your mental health. Um, so it's kind of having that really open discussion around this topic. Um, and I would really, really advise everyone to go listen to it. Um, She also discussed the lack of education surrounding genders, non-binary, is it a big discussion that needs to be happening? Um, And how can we implement this education within the workplace? Um, So the first question I kind of want to put forward to everyone is do you feel like you are being as inclusive as possible to this community? Um, Are you striving to educate yourself on this change? Um, If the answer to that is no, then perhaps this month um, in order to show your support, the thing that you could do would be to educate yourself around LGBTQ plus history month. As mentioned, I have linked the charity um, and have linked also the podcast done by Stephanie and Inclusive Employers, not only in the bio of this podcast, but I will also be sending an email round to Working Well staff. Right, so kind of leading on to the main topic of us really is inclusion and diversity within the workplace. So for today um, I have actually got Agnes joining me who is the Working Well inclusion and diversity lead. So Agnes if you are there would you be able to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah hi Um, so I work in the uh, diversity equalities and inclusion lead position at the moment Um, and I guess there's kind of been two main things I've been focusing on in the last few months so far Um, so first I've been looking at our staff demographics at Working World Trust um, and thinking about how we can improve our recruitment uh, procedure to make our teams a bit more reflective of the boroughs we're working in because basically at the moment I don't think that well uh, yeah our staff base doesn't really reflect Kingston, Enfield or Tower Hamlets very well so Obviously a big part of that is recruitment. Um, So I've been thinking about the biases that we have in our current recruitment procedure and what we can do to change that and to improve things in our organization. Um, And then I've also been thinking about internally how we can improve our kind of approach to equity and inclusion within the staff. So I've been trying to arrange some staff training um to challenge certain biases that we all have um thinking about allyship microaggressions that happen in the workplace all of that sort of thing um so that yeah that training is coming up soon um but yeah I think those are kind of my main focuses at the moment in the role
0: that's really cool so it's kind of like sparking that conversation um and I know you mentioned diversity um within the areas that we're working in so kind of like Kingston Enfield Tower Hamlets kind of way Um, Mm -hmm. and staffing isn't necessarily reflective of that why like in your opinion do you think that it needs to be you know do you think that's going to have like a positive impact on the clients and the people we're working with
1: yeah definitely I mean I think it's it's really important from the outside for clients or other stakeholders or just people looking at our charity Um, to see that we are reflective of a London charity. Um, I think it it says that obviously we care about diversity and inclusion when we hire staff and we also care about different perspectives and people from different backgrounds because our client base is so diverse. Um, And I can completely understand why if they're seeing um, a charity that is largely white, fairly middle class perhaps, mostly coming from the UK why that could be a bit of a stop sign for clients that don't come from those backgrounds.
0: Yeah. Um, so,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: They might not see us as like entirely relatable in that sense.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, and we want to, we want to take as many people's different people's perspectives as possible because it, it really helps. Like I said, like our clients are all so different um, and we want to be able to empathize with them on every level so that we can give them the best possible chance to, know be supported and obviously to get into work
0: long term. Definitely and in terms of like the recruitment for us then how how could that change? Are there ways in which you know we should edit that to get rid of our bias?
1: Yeah I mean so there's the way Well, at the moment the way that we recruit like fairly broadly is we do use blind recruitment which means that when people apply for a job with us um, their name and their address and any kind of identifying information is hidden from the application. And that's a really important first step. And that's, I think most businesses these days, like Charity or No, do have blind recruitment in, in place. Um, but that said, that eliminates certain biases, but there are 180 different types of personal biases. Um, so we all obviously have plenty of those. And even if you remove the name and, the, uh, and their address and their contact information, reading through their work experience, their educational experience, but it's still going to trigger certain biases, because if you see, oh, that person went to the same university as I did, there's a bias right there, or certain language that they use might be kind of relatable to you, so there's a lot of potential biases there, so one thing that we were looking at, there's this uh, software which tries to limit the bias as much as possible, um, So and it involves a wider number of people involved in the actual recruitment process rather than it falling on the same two or three staff each time. Um, it's We want to focus on potentially, where possible, reducing the importance of actual CVs and cover letters in the application stage, because that's actually a really inefficient way of finding new candidates and maybe put a bigger emphasis on work-based tests. Um, so. Yeah, so it's, it makes a lot of sense um, when you think about it because someone can write a really amazing cover letter or they can have a really impressive CV. Does that mean they're actually good for the job? Not necessarily. And you know, there's people can look really good on paper, but then when they actually get to the work, they might not be as skilled in working with clients or working in employer engagement or that kind of thing. So the work-based yeah. tests angle of it is think if I... I guess an example relevant to our work would be, you know, write an email to a prospective employer, um, trying to engage them because you have a client that might be right for a particular role. That's something which is very specific to our job. So someone being able to show that they could write that email or, you know, perform a certain task shows that they would actually be able to do the job really well. So it's less about what how impressive their um, cover letter may be, but actually, who's good at the job and then you actually find that that increases the rate of more diverse um, candidates Um, and uh, another bonus is often that it improves employee retention which is obviously always something that uh, hiring teams want to see so
0: yeah there's a lot
1: I mean it's it's a big job but yeah that there's there's a lot to to get into
0: yeah it's like kind of task-based recruitment really Mm -hmm. yeah completely Uh, I think that's brilliant Um, Mm. But in the meantime, I was going to ask, you know, kind of changing the recruitment process for us, it could take a little while. Yeah. Um, Would you have, like, advice for current members of staff on how they could, you know, maybe better educate themselves in this issue? Um, Little ways in which they could maybe improve their work um, and how they're working with clients to kind of make sure that they are always being inclusive?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... I guess everything kind of boils down to the difference between equality and equity. And I think when you understand that, you can really understand um, how to be a lot more inclusive in your work, whether you work for us or in any job. Um, And equality is each individual or group of people being given the same resources and opportunities. So you could apply that to our clients, just giving them exactly the same resources and opportunities or to our staff but equity recognizes that each person has different circumstances and comes from a different background. And so you allocate the the resources and the opportunities that they actually need to reach an equal outcome. Um, So I think if you, rather than uh, going with an equality focused approach, if you go with an equity focused approach, you are actually going to find that you're going to be able to support your staff a lot better um, and support your clients a lot better. Um, and yeah, I, I guess create a much more inclusive workplace um, all around, which is the ideal. Obviously it's it's a long job and it's a difficult one. but I think being willing to put in the effort, being willing to question that maybe certain assumptions you've held about people or about your work might not be accurate, um, and being able to challenge your own beliefs because we all grow up with biases, we all grow up with certain beliefs that have been instilled in us from lots of different places. But I think being willing to admit when you're wrong or just having open conversations about these kind of things, talking to people with different perspectives, like taking all of this different information on board so you can have a more informed opinion on things is all really important.
0: Definitely, Um, I I think none of us like to admit when we're wrong, but... (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I do agree, I mean, kind of at the start of this podcast as well, I was saying, um, you know, one of the main focuses for LGBTQ plus history month is to kind of, like, educate and make yourself aware on things that you might not understand. Right, Um, yeah. You don't necessarily agree with things, you know, kind of making yourself aware um, and making that effort to kind of look into stuff is really, really important, and it kind of obviously follows with this as well, you know. I think as an ES, it's really, really important to understand even kind of the history of the area that you're working in, you know. Yeah, yeah. In that area, there is a lot of poverty within that area. Um, Mm. I think it's definitely, I don't know, would you agree, something that we kind of need to work on as a team?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we could could certainly be doing more. And obviously within the capacity and the time that we all have, because I know we're all doing podcasts and organizing training and lots of other things but I think it is so important because we're working with people Mm -hmm. um and the bottom line is we need to support them and part of that is understanding where they come from where they live like you were saying in the employment context like the employment support resources that actually exist is there a service that specifically supports people who are LGBT for example and also have A mental health condition or autism, or fall into our client group in some other way. Like, what is the history there? Exactly, do they come from a background with more poverty? Do they, are they, is English their second language? All these kind of things. It's really complex, but it's really worth putting in that extra effort because I think the outcomes are so much better. And from the client's point of view, if they see all this effort and understanding that we're putting into our work I think it makes a big difference um, to their experience of using our service
0: yeah I mean it encourages that level of trust as well you know it shows that we yeah. we really care in the jobs that we are doing um mm-hmm. kind of lastly I wanted to ask is there anything um that you know you want to tell the organization or tell clients about changes within uh the policy of diversity um Or additionally, are there any resources that you would like to send out or anything that you might have to add on this topic?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of what we're doing, it's I want to say that we are like the work is happening. Like we are trying to move towards a more equitable organisation. We do have a ways to go, in all honesty, and it is a long and complex road and it does it's not just going to come from me it comes from the entire organization it comes from our trustees and our stakeholders um but we are doing what we can to move towards i think a better and a more inclusive organization we have i mean we have this org wide sort of not quite training necessarily but we have this uh, discussion coming up this week where we are partly going to be talking about Um, social awareness and certain events and what we want to see more of as an organization what we want to see more of in our individual teams and what work we could be doing to better support these things the staff training as i was saying is coming either in march or april i think most likely where we're going to be really digging in deep to internal biases that we all have particularly around anti-racism Um, So that should be coming. And I think that will be the first of many staff trainings, I would imagine, because it's a very big topic. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Then, yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms
1: of resources, there's one I keep talking about in the last couple of weeks, but there's another podcast, which I highly recommend just around this topic by the organisation Inclusive Employers. Um, And they've done, I think they did two seasons of it and in the last couple of years, but they talk about different inclusivity topics related to employment specifically, and that's around supporting your colleagues. There's a good episode about supporting LGBT colleagues, which is obviously relevant to this month, Um, but they go into loads of different topics. It's really, really good um, resource. And they, I mean, they have a website as well. They they do events, they have speakers. Um, Yeah, I would definitely recommend their, their organization, someone to check out?
0: Yeah, well, since our conversation, I, um, I actually did listen to a few of their podcasts. Um, and oh, yeah. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I've actually um, attached their podcast on supporting LGBTQ plus members of the community in the workplace. Um, so oh, it's of this podcast. So yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more. I think it's so, so relevant to the work that we're doing.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, that all sounds amazing. Um, and I know you're working incredibly hard. <laughs> Thank you. But I just kind of wanted to give you a bit of a platform to maybe leave your email address if anyone has feedback or they want to, you know, get to share some ideas or thoughts with you on it. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so my email is agnes, A-G-N-E-S, at www.trust.co.uk. Uh, very happy to receive any kind of feedback or suggestions. Um, but yeah, about anything really, how you'd like to see the organization working more to become more inclusive, what we could be doing more, if there's specific awareness events or days that you'd like to see us engaging in more. I'm very happy to receive any suggestions. Please
0: go for it. Perfect. Well, I, um, I'm very much hopeful that people will give some positive suggestions. Um, it is always helpful. Um, well, Agnes, thank you so, so much for speaking about all of that today. It was really, really useful. I'm um, really interested in get a grip of what works as well.
1: Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you for having me on here.
0: That's all right. Take care and have a good day. All right. Thanks, Helen. Okay, so just to finish, guys, once again, thank you for listening. Um, And please, please do make use um, of the links that are going to be sent round with this podcast. Um, The Inclusive Employers podcast is such a good thing to listen to. Um, Really, really insightful and so, so relevant to kind of the theme of this month as well. Um, Again, as always, if you have any feedback, please drop me an email. And I hope you are all enjoying your month.